Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. And take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. Amen. One of my father's three sons is much like his father, rather handy, able to build things just by making tools do what they're meant to do. He can measure and drill and have stuff fit together such that people don't feel afraid to walk too near it lest it fall apart. That is my older brother, John. Then there are the other two. Andy, my younger brother, and I apparently have other gifts. This mutual truth was confirmed for us a dozen or so years back when he came to visit. Feeling reckless, I invited Andy to help me put together an IKEA armchair. (laughs) First thing that gets me about IKEA or any kind of work that requires my brain and my hands to be in living communication with one another is the piece of paper masquerading for the instructions manual. I'm sure that for many, instructions are a great help. For me, they only make matters worse. Turned out my younger brother felt exactly the same way, and rather cheerfully, we laid them aside and set about building the finest IKEA armchair Sweden has ever dreamed of. For a long time, it was all going swimmingly, which for both of us was something of a shock. In about 15 or so minutes, we actually assembled the chair. What do you think that piece is for? <laughs> I rather casually inquired of my younger sibling, pointing to a lonely piece of wood on the carpet. Yeah, I saw that too. Don't know, probably extra, he replied, <laughs> as if he could form me that he had any idea what he was talking about. I reached out my hand just to test the sturdiness of the chair. We'd just so proudly assembled, and in about three neat folds, the whole thing collapsed to the ground. I'm not sure IKEA make extras, are you? I added. And we started over. Since then, as Andy and I have reflected on that painfully inept episode in our lives, it has become clear that both of us saw that extra piece of wood lying on the living room floor Yet neither of us stopped to ask, to say, wait, what's that doing there? It's no small comfort to note that in this regard, we are not alone. In fact, a remarkable thing about human existence is how little we question what we see around us. For most often, we will continue to go along with circumstances as we encounter them, even in the face of their apparent absurdity. My favorite instance of this is a social psychology experiment that took place on a busy college campus, which had a large central square with intersecting paths. The experiment consisted of an interviewer stopping other students in the square to ask them a series of survey questions. Right in the middle of the survey, two men carrying a large piece of paneling walked between the interviewer and the student being surveyed, momentarily obscuring the view between them. After the men pass by, the person doing the interview has changed. 
In certain variations of the experiment, they even change from male to female or vice versa. Extraordinarily, although many subjects following the experiment do note that something seemed different <laughs> after the interruption, almost none of them question what has happened while the survey is going on. The truth is, is that you and I make hundreds of decisions each week, most of them pretty small, some of them more significant, yet rarely do we question why we make those decisions. I imagine that part of the reason is efficiency. If we questioned everything that we did, we will all end up with philosophy majors and the world would grind to a halt. In workplaces or certain family settings, a lack of questioning can also be a symptom of fear or just the way things are done. Of course, there are many an occasion when a lack of questioning just comes down to laziness or a lack of inspiration. Yet if we're honest, beneath all of this is another reality, that the biggest impediment to our lack of question asking is the often unseen presence of our preconceived answer. One of the most colorful biblical role models, the power of the preconceived answer, is Jonah. Jonah is so spectacularly under the influence of unnoticed bias that not even a giant fish can grab his attention. Sent by God to call the Ninevites to repentance, he decides to run from his prophetic vocation without ever truly questioning what it is that he is running from. Even when the people of the city do end up repenting and God shows them mercy, Jonah cannot bring himself to examine what his bias against the Ninevites is all about. Instead, Jonah tells the Lord that he is angry enough to die which as far as the phraseology of denial goes, has to be one of the classiest lines in the whole Old Testament. The laborers in the vineyard we meet in Matthew's gospel are equally unaware of the power of their assumptions about justice and money and how those assumptions blind them to be able to see anything other than inequity in the landowner's full-day reward given to the workers hired at the 11th hour. Missing in this story is the question that asks why the laborers are waiting in the first place to work on land that was promised as theirs by God. The reason is simple. With the relationship between the people and their land now severed under colonial Roman rule, many were unable to subsist in their own land and had to take whatever day work they could find. Hence, the laborers who are hired too late earn too little and may not be able to buy food enough for their families to eat that day. The landowner's decision to pay all laborers the full day's wage can be seen, therefore, as an attempt to tilt back the scales which under colonialism were set heavily against the colonized. Thus, as is so often the case, it is Jesus who shows us the greater vision for life together in the kingdom of God that emerges when we pause to question our biases and assumptions concerning what we see happening before us.
our own bishops in the Episcopal Church have taken up the challenge this week to be among those who will question what they see happening around them for the sake of those kingdom values in a full-page letter in the New York Times written to the President and Congress asking them to reconsider the plight of dreamers, children who entered this country with undocumented parents. The letter speaks of the absolute importance of welcoming the foreigner in our midst. Why? Why is the foreigner of absolute importance, we might ask, in the spirit of questioning? Because... As Jewish philosopher Emmanuel Levinas says, in the face of the stranger, the other, we see our ethical imperative. The foreigner reminds us of our strangeness to the rest of humanity, as well as that which we hold in common. We welcome, not merely because welcome is integral to being one body, but because in welcoming others, we learn to meet ourselves. Ours is a questioning tradition within a faith of questions. A former professor of mine who is both an Episcopal priest and an academic theologian once shared that a visitor came up to her at coffee hour one Sunday morning, apparently delighted to let her know that he was going to be something of a handful should he join the church. (laughs) I've got lots of questions, he told her, to which she replied, trust me, I've got a lot more. (laughs) And so do we. All Saints Episcopal Church has questions. In a public arena so often dominated by shrill certitude, that sounds like a refreshing kind of church to belong to. We do have questions, don't we? And we ask them of one another, trusting that we don't need to arrive at the same answers in order to still be friends. Because the world is more complex than one side or other of a false dichotomy. Dear saints of God, my invitation to you is to bring your questions here. Bring them and trade them in with those you meet around this table of grace for new questions that will make your journey on that little bit deeper and your walk that little bit closer to the God who will never stop loving you for asking all you can along the way. Much like my not-so-unnecessary piece of Ikea wood, God doesn't make extras. Just exactly What is needed? You. And your heart brimming with holy curiosity for the truth beneath the life we share. Amen.